How's everybody doing? Good. Mr. Gary is always doing awesome. Uh, so my name is Stuart. I'm one of the pastors here at Brookwood. I'm really excited to be here for the second week of this Upper Room series. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. Before we begin, I want to pray one more time, so let's pray. God, you are such an amazing God. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today to learn more about Jesus and how we can use this story in particular in our lives. Give us ears to hear what you would have us to and the words for me to say. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So let's start thinking about something. Have you ever heard of a situation where you had a couple of people who had all of the same information, had every opportunity to learn the same thing, but went different ways? You might have seen this sometimes in sports. Or other competitive things like band, people given the same opportunity to play, uh, practice, same playbooks, everything the same. You might even see that in families where brothers and sisters have the same opportunities and things just kind of go different ways from there. All right, so we're going to look at that, but today we're going to look at it kind of from a football perspective since it's football season. So we're going to talk a little bit about how that might look. So we've got two players. They both start off in their freshman year, the same football program. All right, let's say that it's Malden High. I'm not going to go college and have you guys all freak out about that one. So, um, so they get there. They spend the same amount of time practicing. They have the exact same playbook. They have the same coach. Everything is the same. These guys have the same opportunity. But after three years, one of the players has kind of started to change. He's not real happy anymore. Really, really does not like the coach. So this guy decides he's going to go on social media, he's going to badmouth the coach, he's going to try and get people out there to get him fired, okay? They got treated the same by the coach, he loved them the same, but one decided to go one way and one decided to go another. So we've heard similar stories to this. Well, there's one in the Bible that kind of is like that. We're going to have to change a couple of names in it so we get these two names right because I've been messing this up with Kevin for a week now. So we got two, two different players in that. One of them is Judas, and the other one is Peter, not Mark. It's Peter. Um, for some reason, I've been confusing those two. And the coach? Well, the coach is none other than Jesus. So let's set the scene. These guys are in the upper room with Jesus having the Last Supper. This was a night when Jesus would be arrested. He knew what, he, what was coming, but his disciples did not know. So remember, these guys have been with Jesus now for three years. They'd sat under his teaching, heard all of his messages to the, peoples, to the people, and they'd seen all these miracles. But tonight was going to be different for Judas and for Peter. All right, so Judas, he's a guy who's really made a name for himself, and it's not a good name. He's one of those names where if somebody's going to be called a traitor without using the word traitor, they call him Judas. All right, so that's who this guy was. He had a really bad name for himself after the fact. Jesus was with, or Judas was with Jesus during all of these times, okay? So, and he was trusted by all of the disciples, so much so that he was in charge of the money. In John 12, verse 6, 
It says, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So he was in charge of the money, but he was a bad guy. He was taking money from the money that was for the poor. So in, just before that, he had asked, well, what about giving this money to the poor? He didn't care. He just wanted the money for himself. So like I said, he was already a bad person, his life full of sin. He was certainly vulnerable and open to interference from the devil. And this is exactly what happened. All right, this is recorded in Luke 22, verses 2 through 5. So it says, The leading priests and teachers of religious law were plotting how to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples. And he went to the leading priests and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted, and they promised to give him money. So, he was ready to betray Jesus. He, had, he was going to get that money from them. So, in our lives, we have to watch out and we have to guard our hearts. When we embrace sinful things in our lives, drugs, alcohol, witchcraft, any number of things, we open ourselves up to having the demons and the devil come into our lives. So, if you're already open to that, it makes it much easier. So, let's contrast him with Peter. Now, Peter was a guy who loved Jesus all the way, believed that he would do anything for Jesus and follow Jesus anywhere. He had no doubts in his mind what was going to happen, even though he did have some moments of failing. So this was a guy who one time walked on water with Jesus, literally did that, okay? And he seemed to have learned from that event, even though he lost his nerve. So that's in Matthew 14, 28 to 31. So this is a, this is a good story. So Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter sees him, and he says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. So he wants to do it. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water, walking towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Peter was one who truly believed in Jesus and loved him, even though he had lapses. So here's a good uh, version of what that might have looked like as Jesus was reaching down for Peter. I think we have a good picture. Maybe not. I had a good picture, but it's not there. All right. There it is. Take my hand, Peter, and don't let go. Maybe not quite that way, but I like the image on it. It was funny. Okay, so... Now we're at the Last Supper. The disciples are all gathered with Jesus, and he made a couple of huge predictions during the meal. Jesus did. And they concerned specifically Judas and Peter. Our first look is going to be at what Jesus, Jesus had to say about Judas. This comes from John chapter 13. So there's a couple of different passages. The first one is verses 21 to 30. So in this one, he says, Now Jesus was deeply troubled and said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. He knew what was going to happen. Okay? He could have stopped it, but he did not because he knew what had to happen. I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, Who's he talking about? So the disciple leaned over and said, Lord, who is it? So that's got to be crazy. Think about that. You're sitting around, and Jesus looks at all his 12 guys, and he says, you know, one of you is going to betray me tonight. They're like, who? Who's going to do that? And so then he adds, you know, the disciple that Jesus loved. I love that line. 
Okay, John is that guy, and it just repeatedly says that, hey, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Not necessarily a bad thing if you think about it, but it's just funny when he says it. And Jesus said, it's the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. When he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him, and Jesus told him, hurry up and do what you're going to do. So nobody else knew about this. Nobody knew what was going on, and nobody apparently heard this because Jesus gave him the bread. He said, it's the guy I'm giving the bread to. But nobody was like, oh, well, we got this now because he gave him the bread. So nobody really knew that. So he probably said it really quietly. All right, and since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or give money to the poor. So Judas left at once going out into the night. So that was just a crazy thing to, fig- to figure. What was Judas thinking as he was sitting there and Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you this bread, and he gives it to him. So Judas, in my mind, might be a little bit kind of going, ah, you know, how do I react in this situation? So I'm a person who likes, in my mind, and I said this to the leaders, I like movies in my head. I like to see how things are going to go. So there's a clip of what might could have happened uh, that night in the upper room. Before this night is over, one of you shall betray me three times. Master, how can you feel that anyone here would betray you, you who we would follow even unto our death? Yes. Does everybody want soup? Please, we must talk. This may be our last supper. Hey, it's my first order. Oh, look, one little question, I'll let you all go. Are you all together, or is it separate checks? Please, go away. Go away. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so you say. But one who sits amongst us has already betrayed me this night. Who? 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 Who can it be? Judas! Do you want a beverage? Try the mulled wine. It's terrific. No! Leave us alone! Go! 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 I love that. Judas! No. All right, so Judas, I would think, had to be a little bit on edge. But again, the devil came into him. He was ripe for that because of the way he was. So, um, even though every opportunity to learn from Jesus was given to Judas... He still did not take it. And he could have. He could have at any of these times taken that opportunity to love and trust in Jesus, but he chose not to. So in the end, he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. So if you ever hear that expression, 30 pieces of silver, that's where it came from, is from the Bible. Now, our other player is Simon Peter. He loved Jesus no matter what, and nothing would keep him from standing up for him. That he thought. But Jesus knew what was going to happen, so he predicts what's going to happen. In John 36 through 38, in that, he says, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. So imagine that as somebody that you've revered and idolized, and he's like, you are going to betray me, or you are going to act like you don't even know me. He's like, what do you mean? I can't figure that out. It had to be very crushing for him. Now, what does it mean before the rooster crows? Real simple question. What does that mean? Before the sun rises, yes. By the, by the time the rooster crows, which is typically at sunrise, that you hear that. Okay? So Peter had to be crushed by this. 
Jesus said he's going to tell him three times that he doesn't know him before the sun rises the next morning. Now, he meant well, but he couldn't live up to that. A well-known preacher named John MacArthur said, Peter's foolish, though well-intentioned boast, was the first thing that led to his failing the test of loyalty to Jesus. So he tried to put it on himself. He said, this is about me. I am so awesome for that. And so we need to keep this in mind. We can't talk about how awesome we are and we are such good disciples of Christ because of us. We have to give glory back to God and have reliance on him. So he is truly the one we can lean on just like Peter did when he walked on water before he started slipping and falling in. And so that's something we need to pay attention to. When you listen to teachers and pastors outside of this church, you need to pay attention. Who are they giving glory back to? Are they giving glory back to themselves? Are they giving the glory to God? And that's important. So if you're questioning, should I listen to this person? Should I follow them? Should I believe them? Go back to the Scriptures. Look at it. See if that's what they're pointing to. And if you listen to Pastor Perry on Sunday mornings, he says that all the time. That is what we need to do. All right, so what happened to these two guys? Well, Judas did betray Jesus, helped the priest. In Matthew 26 and 27, it says, Even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They'd been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Jesus came straight to him and said, Rabbi, greetings, and gave him the kiss. And you will hear that used a lot of times too, betrayed with a kiss. It's in a song by you too, actually, way back in the day. Betrayed by a kiss. And when Judas, who had betrayed him, later realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they said. That's your problem. He threw the 30 pieces of silver at them, and then he went and he hung himself. Okay? So that was how the sad ending of Judas's life. This was a man who walked and talked with Jesus, but he was so filled with remorse that he ended up killing himself. He could have been saved if he had believed in Jesus, but he was too far gone for that. But he could have been. So what about Peter? Well, we can check that out in Matthew as well. So Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, you are one of those with Jesus the Galilean. Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. An oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through his mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away weeping bitterly. So that could have been the end for him. I messed up. I'm sad. So even though he denied Jesus, he still believed in him. Now, you have to understand something about this. After Jesus was arrested, the disciples were pretty scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. So for Peter to announce right there that he was a supporter of Jesus, he knew he, he could be arrested and thrown in prison and maybe even killed. So he was scared. All right? But even with his doubt, Peter went on to be a great apostle who spread the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles outside of Jerusalem. All right, so he did great things. He was the one that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you. He called him the rock. 
And so if you go to Vatican City, the head of the home of the Catholic Church, you will find St. Peter's Basilica, and it's named for him, for Peter. So when we let evil into our lives and embrace sin, we find that we are unable to do anything but that. Are we lost? No. We let our pride show through about how great we are. We find that our pride can prevent others from knowing about Jesus. But are we lost? No, we're not. The beautiful thing about this story is that Jesus loves us all and he's available to all. He gave Judas lots of opportunities to know him and trust him. But Judas's evil heart prevented that from happening. He forgave Peter for his lapses, all of them. Okay, like I said, Peter went on to spread Christianity to those outside of Jerusalem. Jesus knows each and every one of us, knows all about us, and he's waiting for us to run to him. No matter what we've done, we are not beyond saving. Now, you may say to yourself, well, that's all good and well for all these old dudes who are in the Bible. Great stories. Love to hear it. Our lives are so different now, and that's a great point. Our lives are different, but the love of Jesus is not different at all. So, Perry said that this morning, he said, are you determined to continue the calling that God has given you, to live your faith, to tell your faith story? So, that was his challenge this morning, to continue to tell our stories. So, I'll give you a little bit about mine, and I'm very happy to share my story anytime. All right, when I was in high school, I went to church, didn't really believe, just kind of went there because my dad did. Then I went off to college, I was at Vanderbilt, didn't go to church, but I found some other things to do. So, I partied my way straight out of college went into the Navy, continued to live the way I wasn't supposed to live. And then when I got out of the Navy and moved here, I started going to church, and guess what? That's when I truly found Jesus at 27 years old at Rocky Creek Baptist over on Woodruff Road. All right? I was not too far gone for God to come and find me. So you are never too far gone. So don't ever think that you can't come back. And remember Judas and Peter. These were men who lived with Jesus and knew him personally and still made bad decisions and bad choices. It's okay to struggle. Don't ever think that it's going to be easy, all right? It's okay to have hard times. And your hard times are going to be different than his hard times are going to be different than his hard times. So don't think that your struggle makes you unsavable because we're all going through different struggles. Okay, Jacob's going to come up right now. He's going to sing a song that I think really hits this point. The name of the song is My Jesus. I want you to think about these lyrics and how it pertains to our lives and your lives as he sings the song. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Because the shame's done all the stealing, and you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Cause he makes a way where there ain't no way With his arm on the empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus 
His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is that I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus and let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years until the past disappear? Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong things that you would and go undo if you could work it all for good. Oh, tell me, let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way He rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and His grace is free and The good news is that I know that He can do for you What He's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus Let my Jesus change your life Hallelujah, 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 amen, amen. Thank you, Jacob. Yes, awesome job. So we're never too far gone for Jesus, ever. And if you don't know him as your Lord, and you haven't let him into your life, I encourage you to do that tonight. Now, you're going to have opportunities to talk about this in your small groups tonight. If you have questions about it, ask. If you're ready to do that, tell your small group leaders. This is a perfect time to do that. True belief in Jesus will lead to you spending eternity in heaven with him. And that's an awesome thing. I have two challenges for you today. Two things. One... I want you to identify what is the prideful thing in your life that is getting in the way of your relationship with Jesus and preventing others from seeing Jesus in you. So there's something in you maybe that's prideful that's keeping you from a good relationship with Jesus, and other people can see that. All right? And the other thing is, who can I share the good news of Jesus with this week? That's a pretty easy one. But the second part of that is you got to go actually tell them. Identify them and then go tell them. So those are my challenges for you this week. All right, find out what's getting in the way of your relationship with Jesus. And then who can you share Jesus with? Boldly go out and tell people about Jesus. All right, so let's pray and then I'll let you go to your small group time. So let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for us. I pray that for those who don't know him, I pray that you will just press upon their hearts. Let your spirit work in each person here and bring them all closer to a relationship with you. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good time. Small group.